Welcome to another gospel message from St. Luke's Anglican Church, Clovelly. ...of our lives. And so I'm going to pray and we're going to ask for God's help. And you might like to bow your heads as we pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this rhythm of being able to gather together, uh, those of us who are here in person and those who are joining online as well. But Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would please open each one of our hearts to you and your word today, and that your Holy Spirit would help us see how we might give ourselves to those rhythms that make for life and eternal life. And so we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Question, why are so many people so bad without their morning coffee? It's at least some of you, I know, <laughs> and me too. Now, it might have something to do with the addictive properties of caffeine. We know all that. But also, it's, there's something about if you miss or skip that regular morning coffee, jog, prayer, it can actually just throw the day out for many of us. It kind of, you start the day anxious, overwhelmed, behind, catching up, and it can kind of set the trajectory for the rest of the day. And it's because what's going on is our normal rhythm is off kilter. Now, humans are creatures of habit because, in fact, God has made us that way. I mean, you read Genesis 1, and God has created a world of day and night, uh, of autumn and of spring, of cricket season and footy season. Um, that bit's not in Genesis 1. You know what I'm saying. Uh, just imagine that there was actually no day and night to kind of break up our lives, that, you, that you, our bodies didn't have to rest and work and rest again. What life possibly, if we could even imagine it, would be like? But actually, God has made us to be embodied beings who live and flourish when we live according to the rhythms that God has wound and weaved into the fabric of creation and who we are. You go and look at the Old Testament, and the Lord God gave his ancient people rhythms, I could say for their spiritual life, but really just for life, for their life together. Now, real question, I know some of you will be more familiar with the Old Testament than others, that's fine. Real question, what were some of the rhythms that God gave his Old Testament people for their life together? Sorry? Sabbath. Yeah, so one day in seven, they're resting on the day of Sabbath, which just literally means rest. Yep, what else? Yeah, there was ongoing sacrifices, all sorts of as-needed ones, but then also once a year... The Day of Atonement. So there was an annual rhythm as well to atone for the sins of the people and remember. Well, actually, there was another annual festival. What was the other one that was significant? The Passover. And actually, there were quite a number of festivals, but particularly Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and the Passover, that time to remember their, that they were a saved people, that they hadn't saved themselves. Uh, yeah, what else? Um, there's at least a few others. The year of Jubilee, okay, so um, actually, even if you were a field in ancient Israel, you got a year off. Um, six years, and then you got a year off. And then, uh, so that's seven years, and you multiply that by seven, and in the 50th year, there was a year of Jubilee. And you know what? All the real estate that had been sold was returned to its original traditional owner. Can you imagine how that would change the world? <laughs> um, uh, I'll give you one other one that I was just thinking about this week. Um, Daniel, he's um, in Babylon trying to live for God in a very secular society, and he, even his enemies knew that he prayed three times every day without fail. There's all these rhythms that God's given to his people, um, rhythms of work and rest and worship and prayer to help us flourish. Um, 
And it happens because um, to live by those rhythms means we're actually living in sync with the way that God has wired us. But there's also something deeper. The, those rhythms shape us to be who God wants us to be as well. Now you go to the New Testament and uh, the early church, you see them living by daily and weekly rhythms. Uh, so I've, this time I've got a couple of verses for you on the screen. Uh, so Acts 2:42, the early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. They met on the day of the Lord, but actually it seems they actually met every day in the temple together. Uh, or in Hebrews 10:24, it says, "And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of son, but encouraging one another." That's that rhythm of of being together because on our own we would never grow to be the people that God wants us to be. We need rhythms like this. Now today, even in our modern technological world, we're still shaped by rhythms. Right? Um, in a way, it's tempting for some of us to think that technology has enabled us to kind of transcend those natural biological rhythms of life. Um, and there's a truth to it, right? The invention of the light bulb and uh, electricity has changed the world. You can work all night. Uh, factories don't have to stop at all. And it's easy for, um, for our smartphone lives to end up us being controlled by notifications rather than conversation, even on social occasions. Um, the CEO of Netflix said in 2017, when you watch a show from Netflix and you get addicted to it, you stay up late at night. We're competing, not with Amazon, you know, Apple, whatever. We're competing with sleep, is what he said. So that's the kicker, right? Even if technology has loosened us from some of those biological rhythms, modern technology has instilled, by design, its own addictive rhythms. No one waits at the bus stop anymore. We, um, you reach, and you swipe, and you buy, and you click. And you know, all of those repeated behaviours are all subtly, habitually training us to think things like, Consumerism is what will satisfy us. Or that I'm in control of my world, at least my little world. Even with COVID, and of course, um, COVID felt like and was a major kind of disruption of our rhythms. Um, some of you are just not commuting to work anymore. It's changed everything for you. Um, maybe your 2020 Bible reading plan kind of just nosedived about February, you know, 20 or something, and it was all off. But um, still, COVID has ended up just giving us different rhythms. Uh, now we just do social distancing at um, uh, 1.5 metres. We do elbow bumps. We keep our distance in the queue. Um, for some of us, when it was kind of all happening, uh, the rhythm that started, unfortunately, was waking up and doom scrolling, I think they were calling it, seeing how bad the situation got in the world and what was going on. See, even with technology and even with COVID, we all end up with rhythms in our lives. And those repeated rhythms of our lives are habits that end up training our hearts. And what that means is, the question today is, are the rhythms that shape your life rhythms that lead to life? You've got to, are the rhythms that shape your life rhythms that lead to life? Because the rhythms in your life, they will shape you and either... They will addict you and control you and exhaust you and distract you from the Lord. 
or they will free you and change you and grow you and shape you to love the Lord who loved you first. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're going to do that. I'm just going to ask Jeff Ling to come on down. Come on, Jeff. Give him a round of applause. All right, Jeff, come on in. Come here. Uh, now, uh, we were talking about rhythms about this time last year and uh, about some of the kind of traps of technology. So tell us, um, did I mute, unmute? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, there we go. I can hear myself. <laughs> uh, tell us what you did after kind of this moment last year. Well, I've been wanting to improve my prayer life for a while. And after hearing your sermon last year on rhythms, I was quite inspired. And I... Um, Talk to, talk to, talk to <laughs> these guys, go on. I realised that um, technology had a negative influence on my life and was taking up a lot of my energy. So I was really struck by your idea of an old school clock radio. So we actually bought a clock radio. Um, we probably used it for some total of a month. Um, but it was enough to get our iPhones out of the room and, and it was enough to break some bad habits and get out of some bad rhythms, which included a, 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 um, an overemphasis on technology. And it enabled us to wake up a bit more well-rested and, and ready to improve our rhythms. And in particular, it helped me um, wake up rested and, and ready to read the Bible and pray in the morning. Um, tell us, uh, just tell us... Um Give us 30 seconds on what are some of those rhythms of trying to pray and read the Bible and what have you kind of been working on? Yeah, so um, I figured out that um, being well-rested when I woke up, um, the best time to pray and read the Bible was in the morning when I'm fresh. And so uh, I wake up at 6 a.m. Uh, most days and um, I make myself a coffee, which I think... Um, it's a very positive rhythm. It helps me get in, you know, it helps me concentrate, and and then I um, I'll pray, and it doesn't have to be a very long prayer, and then ironically I'll turn to my iPhone at that point and use an app called Our Daily Bread, which has a very manageable bite-sized um, vignette and a passage to read, um, and that'll take me about ten to fifteen minutes in total. And then I'll exercise, and I'll have some breakfast, and then I'll go to work. And on my way to work, I might reflect on what I've read, and then I might pray on anything that's on my mind. Yeah. Um, the other thing that uh, Jeff was sharing with me um, a month ago was, and just at the end of the day as well, just trying to find a way to put the phone down and be present with the kids. And I was just encouraged by the way that you're kind of trying to live that out as well. So. Yeah, so, yeah, that's not easy. Um, but um, what I've tried to do is when I get home, I try not to use my phone for the first hour so I can be really present. Um, and that you know, was very hard to do initially, but the longer, I, the longer I've done it, the more regular... Beck's laughing because she thinks so. <laughs> um, the, the more I've done it, the easier it's become and the more second nature it's become. Good. And we're all cheering that on, aren't we, Beck? <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> well, uh, we'll do we'll do your rhythms next week, Beck. Um, 
Now, just notice a couple of things. Uh, technology can be a wonderful thing, can't it? We've just got to be aware of just how deeply it's training, shaping most of us. So, friends, please be aware of that. I'm going to get um, Giselle to come and uh, read from the Bible, and then we're going to get into part two. So, the first Bible reading today is Psalm 63. Psalm 63. It's a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings... I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult. For the mouths of lies will be stopped. The next reading is from Mark chapter 12. And this is when Jesus is in Jerusalem and he's been talking to the people and the religious leaders. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that Jesus answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Uh, the Life We Never Expected is a book by Andrew and Rachel Wilson. They're the parents of two uh, children with special needs, with autism. And uh, just listen, this is in on, isn't on the screen. I just want to share a little bit of their story. Of the 100 million sentences I have read or heard in my life, the one that has probably impacted me the most is from George Muller's diary. The first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day, he wrote in May 1841, was to have my soul happy in the Lord. In a world stuffed full of priorities, what is the thing that should actually come first? Well, Muller says, my first job every morning is to get happy in God, because until I am, I am no use to anyone. When you have young children with special needs, or just young children in general, Muller's advice becomes both much more difficult and much more important. It's much more difficult because you have no control over what time you wake up each day. This morning, it was 4.02 a.m., And that means you're trying to quiet down an excitable child before you've realised what day it is, let alone had time to pray or read the Bible. Yet it's also much more important because the risk of muddling through the day, grumpy and bitter, is so much greater. 
So even if I have to do a few other things first, putting a child on the toilet, creeping about the house in the dark, making a bowl of cereal for him and saying, shh, an awful lot, I need to get happy in God as soon as possible. The most important bit of that is in the quote on the screen, the first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. Now that's a rhythm, isn't it? That's saying that I'm going to start every day happy in the Lord. Um, It's the kind of thing that we see in the New Testament. Even Jesus, who has relentlessly had people pressing on him and clamoring for his attention, he was rising early, going off before sunbreak and finding somewhere to pray on his own. Or in Hebrews 10, that verse that we had about Christians gathering together regularly despite the temptation and the distraction to encourage each other. Those rhythms are so powerful because they... They tune our hearts and they train our hearts. Okay, so they tune our hearts and they train our hearts. And that's just, that's all I want to share um, in the rest of the time today. Now, since we're talking about rhythms, uh, I thought I'd play a little bit of guitar for you. So uh, I was a pretty amazing guitarist earlier in my life when I was playing um, uh, on kids' camps. This was a little while ago. And... Um, uh, who, who remembers there was a really kind of cheesy Christian song called Love the Lord Your God? Some of you? Okay, well, here we go. So I know the chords for this. I've remembered. Oh, no, that's not right. G. Does that sound good? <laughs> now, where's Emily? What, what's going wrong here, Em? What's wrong? Right. I think I tuned it last time I played it, though. So what, you're, so what you're saying is I actually need to retune it regularly, like all the time, like my guitar on its own kind of goes out of tune and I need to retune my heart, I mean my guitar, to God. Especially when it rains. <laughs> now, did you just get my cheesy illustration? <laughs> Um, On our own, our hearts are prone to wander off. They get out of tune. And we need the kind of rhythms in our lives that retune our hearts to the Lord regularly, daily actually, so that we're happy in the Lord. Because um, that line about being happy in the Lord, that's not, we need to do that not just so that we can kind of get through the day without yelling at the kids or a colic. We need to be happy in the Lord, not only so that we're ready to love and serve others and be a blessing to other people in our lives, but actually to be happy in the Lord is what life's about. That's what we're made for, to be happy in the Lord. So we're just going to go over a couple of verses. Um, Psalm 63 first. This is on the screen. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as, a dry, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So, so King David's saying that he thirsts for God more than anything because your love is better than life itself. His soul is happy in the Lord. Or in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, the Apostle Paul is worried for his Christian friends, and this is what he says. He says to them, I'm afraid that you'll be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Now, some of the social commentators say today that we live in an 
attention economy. Everything's clamoring for our attention. The likes, the shares, the, they get you back with, you know, build up a streak on Snapchat and all that sort of stuff. Um, the scrolling is kind of, they're, they're, they're called infinite apps because there's just always more. Um, social media uses the same kinds of methods that the gambling industry uses to make people addicted. But Paul's saying joy and freedom is found in a sincere devotion to Jesus Christ, being Godward attentive. Or next verse, um, in the Gospels, Jesus is tested with this question. People come to him and they say, there's all these commands in the Old Testament, but which is the greatest commandment, Jesus? And he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength, right? Love God with your everything. It sounds like there's not any loving left over except the second commandment is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. Um, The God who made us, made us to love him and to be happy in him above all else. You know, Mark chapter 12 helps us here because... It recognizes that our hearts love more than just one thing. And in fact, um, although we're to love God with our everything, we are still also to love our neighbor. And Jesus is saying that our hearts, they love properly a number of things. We, we desire many good things, even apart from God. So what, what's the problem? Well, the essence of sin, Augustine said in the 4th century, is dis. Ordered love. That's where it all goes wrong. It's when our loves are out of sync and out of order. Yeah, money is a good gift from God, but if you, if you love money, if that's your number one, your ultimate, then you'll be, you'll be stingy when you don't have money. And Sorry, you'll be stingy when you do have it, and you'll be anxious when you don't have it. Um, if you love people's approval more than God and his approval, you will be a radically insecure person, always tossed about trying to please everyone and never being able to please anyone. If you love a clean home more than you love people, you'll never show hospitality and you'll resent children because they are monumental mess makers, <laughs> as much as we love them. Um, do, do you see? Um, it's when our loves get out of order instead of loving God first. And our hearts are always desiring something. We always, our hearts latch onto something that we love and live for. And we're easily drawn to all sorts of other loves. In fact, um, in 2019, uh, sorry, 2018, I think it was, the internet advertising spend globally was $299 billion, which is another way of saying ads don't just tap into your desires, they shape them. Our hearts are driven, distracted by so many different desires. All those ads and that ritual social media, they're leading our desires in one direction. And so that means that we need rhythms in our lives that retune us and retune our hearts to love God above all. Now, that's not only this rhythm of, of gathering as a church community and community groups and things like that, but daily that our souls are happy in the Lord. That's more than a Bible reading plan but it's not less. It's reading God's word. It's getting God's perspective. It's soaking up God's promises. And then in prayer, it's repenting of giving our hearts to all those other loves above the love of God. And then in prayer, seeking him and asking him and praising him because he is the God who has loved us and will never leave us. So 
rhythms, to have those rhythms in our lives, they will retune our hearts. But there is a second thing. The, the rhythms in our lives also train our hearts. They train our hearts. And healthy spiritual rhythms will train our hearts to love God. Now, um, let's just go with a different example to the kind of music one. Um, let's talk about food and about taste. Right? You might grow up and um, you just loved you know, McDonald's and Greasy Joe's and I think it's corn syrup is kind of the addictive sugar in there. We all know how addictive it all, sugar is. But it is possible over time to change your eating habits. And what happens over time is that actually your tastes change. We say, oh, my tastes are more refined now. That is, the thing that we desired, we actually no longer desire, and we desire something that's healthier and richer and causes us to flourish. And, I mean, you start to feel off when you have greasy food, and maybe one day you'll even like salad. I don't know. When you're learning to drive, um, do you still remember? I, I was in Wesley car park shops, and uh, I still remember hitting the accelerator instead of the brake. Um, and that moment when kind of dad's, you know, heart leapt. Do you remember that moment? Do you know there are other days now when you are so stressed about something that you get in the car, you get out the destination, and you think, I don't even know how I got here. How does that happen? Well, all those practices and rhythms and habits have actually become part of who we are. They've trained us. Um, and friends, the, the kind of rhythms in our lives that speak to our hearts and what we love that we repeat and practice, they have the power to train our hearts. And if the rhythms that we devote ourselves to repeatedly are Godward rhythms, you know what's going to happen? Our hearts are going to grow in our love for God. Our tastes are reoriented. Now, prayers like that, um, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, uh, this one's on the screen, says, pray without ceasing. Now, actually, what does that mean? Um, most of us got studied, school, jobs, you know, to do tomorrow. So what are you gonna do? how are you going to pray without ceasing? Um, I don't think it's the medieval monk thing where they basically tried to pray every kind of waking hour, um, except for, you know, kind of a meal or something. I don't actually think it's that. I think what it's talking about is that the background music of our lives is this, this prayerful dependence on God, enjoying his presence, seeking him in prayer. It's, it's like prayer is, we default to prayer. That's our spontaneous habit. Now, the question is, um, how does that happen? Because you won't develop prayer as a spontaneous habit through a 24-hour, you know, one-day-a-year prayer marathon. But you might, by daily rhythms of prayer that train your heart to depend on God. Um, here's a quote from Tim Keller. Prayer is the main way that we experience deep change the reordering of our loves. Prayer is how God gives us so many of the unimaginable things he has for us. Indeed, prayer makes it safe for God to give us many of the things we most desire. It is the way that we know God, the way we finally treat God as God. Prayer is simply the key to everything we need to do and be in life. None of us knew what last year was going to hold. Um, at least this year, we know it's going to be uncertain. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful and comforting? But friends, um, imagine if your soul was happy in the Lord. That each and every day that you, you wake up and you carve out the time and you, for me, I realized it's not just getting up a bit before the kids, it's getting up before the first kid gets up to 
That's what I've got to carve out the time, actually, which means I actually need to go to bed early enough to have that time to be happy in the Lord. But imagine if your soul was daily happy in the Lord, that you started every day assured that though you have failed him and offended him and don't deserve anything but his judgment, that the God of the universe loves you and accepts you and has given his son for you and nothing can ever take that away. Imagine that you, if you knew, if you were so assured, if your soul was so happy in the Lord at the start of every day that whatever bad thing, God is actually going to turn into a good thing and the good things can't be taken away and the best things are yet to come in eternity, you could face whatever the day brings, couldn't you? Without anxiety, without being overwhelmed, amidst the uncertainty, and in fact you could do it in a way that you are a blessing to others. Amidst the worry and the greed and the hurt that is all around us at the moment in our society. We all love something. Um, It'll actually come out in your rhythms and your rhythms can train you to something better. So friends, the only question is, will the rhythms of your life deepen a love for money, comfort, status, safety? Those things will never love you the way Jesus has loved you. Or will the rhythms that you give yourself to Grow in you a love for the Lord who loved you enough that he died for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to first ask and confess that our hearts have so easily gone after other loves ahead of you. That we haven't desired you and longed for you with all our soul and heart and mind and strength. And Father, we've ended up worried and overwhelmed and anxious and distracted and caught up in sin. But Father, we thank you that you loved us anyway. And Lord God, today we pray that your Holy Spirit would so work in each one of us that this year we'd know the rhythms that are shaping us, but better, we would give ourselves to rhythms that lead to life and eternal life. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I'm excited to launch a new... Thank you for listening. For more information about St. Luke's Anglican Church, please visit www.clovelly.org.au.